Hey, welcome to the Patron Extra Show for November 2018. Uh, sorry, I am a few days late, but uh, it's been pretty busy around here, so uh, unfortunately it uh, took me a couple extra days to get to recording the uh, Patron Extra Show, But uh, so I apologize, uh, apologize for that, but I, uh, I thank you all for your continued support and uh, it's been uh, going on almost, we're getting, we're about a year and a half now, going to be getting close to two years that the uh, podcast has been going on now. And, uh, you know, there are, are quite a few of you that have been with me since the very beginning. So uh, I am very thankful for your support. So thank you for that. So today I thought um, I might talk about wood, about lumber, um, some of my favorites to uh, to work with. Um, I, I sat down the other day and just kind of started listing out all the different woods that I've uh, been lucky enough to have the opportunity to work with. And, uh, it occurred to me that, um, I've worked with almost every readily available domestic lumber. Um, you know, there are, there are certainly some lumbers that, uh, you know, a lot more, uh, a lot more woods that grow in the United States that, um, that I have not worked with mostly because they're, they're just not, you know, lumbers that are, are sawn, um, and, and available at most lumber yards. So there are some that, uh, of, of course that I haven't worked with and there are other domestic lumbers that are available, um, you know, that, uh, that I haven't worked with cause I just haven't had the opportunity or the need to buy those particular species. Um, I haven't worked with a whole lot of exotics or, or imported, at least what would be imported to the U S. Um, I have worked with a few, um, and, and one of those is actually one of my favorites to work with. Um, but I haven't worked with too many, too many, uh, what we would consider exotic woods here in the U S. Um, but I have worked with quite a number of the domestics. Like I said, almost, almost all of them that you would find, um, you know, fairly readily available at most lumber yards. Um, and, and I, I kind of took that list and went through it and thought about it and, and narrowed it down to my top five. Um, but I should probably, uh, put a caveat or, or disclaimer on that, that, you know, what I'm, what I'm going to be talking about are my five favorite woods that are essentially kiln dried and available at a lumber yard. Um, because when it comes to working greenwood, a lot of this kind of goes out the window. Um, you know, when you're making things like greenwood chairs, Windsor's or, or, um, you know, Jenny Alexander style or, or, um, you know, post and rung style chairs, um, you know, a lot of my, what I would consider my favorite woods kind of change, um, because of the way that the lumber is harvested. Um, and you know, some of the woods that work really well, when they're kiln dried, either don't work so well when they're green or, um, or we just don't use them all that often in, in green work, green work. So, um, you know, so, so those things kind of change, but so what I want to talk about today are my, my five, essentially my five favorite cabinet making woods. Um, these are woods that you would typically buy sawn into boards, um, and kiln dried for cabinetry and, and furniture type work. So, uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Um, so my number five is going to be cherry. 
Um, and you can, you know, you can get into different species of cherry, but for the most part, what is going to be sold, milled and sold in the United States would be considered a uh, black cherry. Um, but you're going to find other species in there as well. So uh, I'm just going to say cherry is, uh, is my number five species. And cherry is one of those woods that, you know, it's, it's a little bit hard and uh, depending on the tree that it came from and who dried it and milled it, um, you know, sometimes it's a little, some boards are a little bit more ornery and, and harder to work with than others. But um, cherry is one of those woods that I would consider on the upper end of the hardness scale for enjoyable to work, um, enjoyable to work cabinet woods. Um, when you start to get into woods much harder than cherry, they start to become kind of labor intensive. Uh, you really have to start backing the irons off on your planes and taking much thinner shavings. You have, you know, chopping with chisels and pairing with chisels becomes more tedious. And um, the overall process just starts to get a little less enjoyable when you start getting into woods that are much harder than cherry. Um, other woods that might be right around the, the same hardness as cherry, um, soft maple is a good example. Um, soft maple is pretty enjoyable to work. I just prefer the look of cherry um, to soft maple. Um, even when you start getting into figured maple like uh, like tiger maple, which um, in most cases when you find tiger maple, it's typically soft maple. Um, yeah, I still think I, I prefer cherry and even, even though tiger maple can be quite striking, um, it can be kind of ornery to work with sometimes too, because the, that tiger striping really leads to lots of tear out and, uh, lots of fussiness. So, um, t cherry would be my, uh, my number five. And, and as I said, it's probably, uh, at the upper end of the uh, hardness level that I really enjoy working at. My number four might come as a surprise. At least it's going to probably going to come as a surprise to some folks. Um, to others, it might be an obvious choice. Uh, number four is uh, white pine. White pine can be uh, it, it can be a blessing. It can be a curse. You know, it's just one of those woods that if you get the right boards, it's absolutely fantastic to work with. Um, air dried or kiln dried doesn't seem to make much of a difference, at least in my experience, as long as it's dried. Um, the one thing that you might find with white pine, especially if it's air dried and it's not air dried long enough, um, and even sometimes when it is air dried long enough, are sap pockets, um, pitch pockets. And those can kind of get a little obnoxious sometimes, you know, if you're planing through a board and all of a sudden you hit a, a pocket that's full of, of runny sap and the sap is usually only going to run in boards that are air dried. When it's kiln dried, the sap usually sets and it turns to more of a crystalline um, type material. But in an air dried pine board, if you hit a, a sap pocket or pitch pocket, it's going to be sticky runny sap. Um, and that can kind of, you know, um, that can kind of be a little bit annoying, you know, because your your plane blades start to get all sticky and the sole of your plane starts to get all sticky. But usually a little mineral spirits cleans that right up. Um, knots can be an issue in white pine. Um, and I'm not a big fan of working with really, really nasty, knotty pine. Um, you know, that's that's something for, you know, someone who works with lots of machines to, to mess with. 
Um, if a board's got tons of big old knots, that's not really something I'm typically interested in. Uh, however, a nice board of clear white pine or something that's you know just got a few small pin knots, what an awesome wood that is to work with. Um, it does require, obviously, you're going to, to need really sharp tools, especially if you're going to be chopping anything, whether it's mortises or dovetails or anything like that, um, to keep that grain, the end grain, from crushing. You are going to need to take you know, pretty fine cuts on end grain and have really sharp tools. Um, but, you know, you can hog wood away if you're planing pine to a certain thickness. You can really hog it away uh, really fast. Um, it planes up super smooth and super nice. It takes paint well. Um, I don't tend to stain pine when I use it. I don't like the look of stained pine. Uh, pine tends to get kind of funny, not even just the blotching, but uh, it is somewhat blotch prone. But um, if you look at a pine board and you'll, you know, a white pine board and you'll see like there's darker rings and lighter rings. Um, well, those darker rings are typically a harder, uh, the harder rings and the lighter rings are usually the softer, spongier rings. And when you apply a stain or a dye to pine, that dark and light color kind of switches. And the lighter rings absorb a lot more dye than the harder rings, and the lighter rings get darker in color than the harder rings. And to my eye, it just doesn't look right. Uh, so I don't care for stained or uh, or dyed or colored pine at all. Um, but you know, a, a pine that has aged to that nice amber color over a couple years after some exposure to, to air and sunlight, um, and it gets that golden, golden yellow. That's really beautiful. Um, a nice coat of shellac on top or, you know, or, or a painted finish. Uh, pine takes milk paint beautifully. Um, so it's just, it is absolutely one of my favorite woods to work, uh, especially when you can get some nice clear boards or, or boards with just some real small pin knots. Um, it's absolutely a pleasure to work with. For my number three wood, uh, I'm going with what some would also consider a softwood, but it's also a hardwood, um, and that would be poplar. Uh, and poplar is one of those woods that's probably on the lower level, lower end of the hardness scale for most people. Um, a lot of people don't like working with poplar because they feel it's too soft and it dents too easily. But uh, poplar to me is, you know, like working with pine without all the problems of pine. Um, you know, if you, when you're cutting uh, mortises or dovetails in pine, how you have to worry about the end grain crushing. Um, as long as your tools are sharp, you know, that's not really a problem with poplar. Um, poplar is one of those woods that the, the color, natural color of it can be kind of ugly, I guess you could say, um, that, that real greenish tinge. But the interesting about thing about poplar is if you use a, a dye or a stain with a little bit of a red base to it, you can really make poplar look quite pretty. Um, poplar is one of those woods, actually, that I will stain or dye. Uh, I'm not a big fan of stains in dyes, but poplar is one of those woods where uh, a stain or a dye can actually be um, a really good effect because uh, something with a little red in it will really counter the green of the poplar and give you a really nice, you know, reddish brown, orangey brown, um, almost like cherry. You know, if you get the right, the right dye stain, um, 
or pigment stain too, but I prefer dyes typically over pigment stains. But if you get the right color dye, you can dye poplar to look almost identical, dead identical to cherry. It would be very hard to tell the difference looking at something that's been dyed, uh, a poplar board that's been dyed, and a natural cherry board. Um, very t- difficult to tell the difference without without really looking closely. So um, if you're one of those folks who likes the look of cherry, um, but you don't like the price tag of cherry, or you know you need to make a quick project and you really want that look of cherry, um, but you you know you you really can't afford to buy cherry boards. You can usually get poplar for about half to a third of the price of cherry, and with the right dye, um, you know that that board will look almost identical to uh, to cherry. Um, it's actually quite stunning if you if you get it just right. Poplar is also unbelievably friendly to work with hand tools. Um, I love planing it. I love sawing it. I love chiseling it. It's just, it can even carve. It doesn't carve great, but I mean, if you're going to carve letters, do some letter carving or something like that, it'll take letter carving um, really well. It's just one of those woods that's a real pleasure to work with. And in terms of a paint grade wood, uh, I would say nothing beats poplar. You don't have to worry about um, sealing knots like you might have to do in pine. You know, if you paint over over pine knots, sometimes the sap bleeds through and that that painted knot will kind of get brown and, and you'll see this spot on the board. You don't have to worry about that in poplar. You can get really, really wide poplar boards um, that are completely clear of knots because the trees grow so, so big and so fast. Uh, you can get really wide poplar boards still really cheap um, and it it planes awesome it paints awesome uh, some people don't really care for the look of unfinished poplar like if you were going to paint something but leave it unfinished on the inside um, but you know you could always veneer over poplar it's it's a very stable wood so if you wanted to do something different on the inside, you could veneer over it. You could paint the inside, like if it's a, a cupboard with a glass door, paint the inside a different color to kind of stand out from the outside. It's just such a forgiving wood. And and it makes a, you know, as a primary wood, it's fantastic, but it's also great as a secondary wood um, for things like drawer sides and, and case interior parts and things like that because it's so inexpensive. Um, and being a hardwood, um, you don't have to worry about the the pitch pockets and things like that either. So uh, poplar is uh, my number three. The next two woods were really difficult for me uh, to put in order um, because I would say I, I really enjoy working both of them equally. And for me, the only factor that put one ahead of the other um, was the fact that it was a, a domestic wood. Um, so that actually put it a little bit ahead for me because it's a little easier to get for most people. So, uh, but we'll get to that one in a second. So my number two is actually the only wood that is imported within the U.S. that makes my list. All the rest are um, are going to be domestic to the U.S. But uh, my number two wood is is genuine mahogany or Honduran mahogany is m- most uh, commonly what we get these days. And, um, you know, for obvious reasons, mahogany is just awesome. Um, it, it's fantastic to work with hand tools. Um, 
similar to poplar, you know, it planes well, it saws well, it chisels well, um, but mahogany also carves unbelievably well. Um, you know, as as seen in so much period furniture. Um, a lot of people get hung up on mahogany being a wood only used for period furniture, um, so they're they're hesitant to use it. But you can do so much with mahogany. You know, if you're into period furniture, I'm sure you already know all about genuine mahogany because it's probably the most used wood um, in in making period furniture. But there's no reason that if you're into um, you know mid-century modern type stuff or you know, more contemporary styles that you can't build and, and design with mahogany. It's an absolutely beautiful wood. Um, it's gorgeous, unfinished. You don't need to stain it or dye it or anything. You certainly can, and there are plenty of recipes for doing so to get, you know, that that deep red period finish. So if you're making a, a piece of period furniture, there are plenty of articles uh, floating around the Internet how to get that that period-appropriate look to mahogany, you know, that look that says, you know, this piece of furniture is 250 years old. Um, but even without any type of coloring at all, mahogany is absolutely gorgeous. And in just a matter of a couple of years, it'll go from a light pinkish kind of red and it'll really, really deepen and darken and just get absolutely beautiful. Um, if you follow my Instagram feed at all, you may have seen a, a few weeks ago, I posted a picture of a, a frame that I had made several years ago for an oil painting that um, I had done for my wife for Mother's Day. And uh, I built the frame for the painting out of genuine mahogany. And uh, after about four years, um, the color difference between the, the the two photos is just absolutely unbelievable. Um, you know, the the Instagram post has a before and after of the uh, of the frame. It has a picture of when I was when I had first finished the frame and then all it has on it is a coat of garnet shellac and a little bit of wax. Um, so there's the the as built picture and then I took a, a recent photo of it hanging on our wall um, in our living room just a few weeks ago and uh, the color difference that has happened in just a few years is is just unreal. I mean it's gotten deeper and darker and redder and it's just absolutely beautiful and there's no color applied uh, to that piece of wood at all. So um, mahogany, absolutely one of my all-time favorite woods of all time. Uh, if I could if I could work with only two woods for the rest of my life it would be the my number one wood and mahogany. So uh, if you've never tried working with, uh, with genuine mahogany or Honduran mahogany before, definitely see if you can get it. I would say that biggest, um, the biggest con or the biggest downside to genuine mahogany is its availability. Not all lumberyards are going to carry it. Many are carrying the African replacements or substitutes for genuine mahogany. But if you can find a lumberyard or dealer that is actually importing um, genuine South American mahogany, uh, definitely get yourself some because it's an absolute pleasure to work with. So finally, my, my number one wood on my list, uh, and this will probably come as no surprise to folks who are familiar with my work or, or with, uh, with using hand tools because it's just a fantastic hand tool wood. 
um, and that's black walnut. Um, the only reason that black walnut was number one and mahogany was number two is because black walnut's a domestic wood, so it is easier to get in most cases than genuine mahogany. Black walnut, just like mahogany, I mean, it it, it planes well, it chops well, it saws well, it carves well. Um, it's absolutely beautiful, finished with nothing more than a few coats of shellac. You don't need to do anything else to it to get an absolutely beautiful finish. Um, it's just one of those woods that, you know, once you have used it, you would never want to use anything else. Um, it's just an absolute pleasure to work with. The one downside to um, to walnut is is really in the way that it grows because um, it it's one of those trees where finding really wide boards is difficult just because of the way the tree itself grows. It tends to branch early. Um so you don't usually get really, really wide trunks. Also, walnut tends to be graded different, again, because of the way it grows. Um, the, a, a first and second, an FAS board in walnut is going to have more knots and more sapwood in it than an FAS board in any other species because, again, it's it's sort of just it's the way that walnuts graded because of the way that walnut grows. So you have to be able to be um, creative with your lumber use. Um, you know, if you if you want to build something with walnut and you're really opposed to that creamy white sapwood, um, you know, you're going to have to buy a lot more lumber than you might by using a different species because most walnut boards are going to have a significant amount of sapwood and if you don't want to use the sapwood you're going to have to cut that out um, because the, the there's quite a big difference in sapwood now my preference is for air dried walnut um, most kiln dried walnut is also steamed to try and migrate some of that dark chocolate brown color from the heartwood into the sapwood but in my opinion when they steam walnut it tends to um, deaden the boards. It tends to really make them kind of muddy and ugly. You can still get a really nice finish on them, but the the bare wood itself just doesn't have that liveliness that an air-dried walnut board has. Um, you'll get this muddy brown, muddy light brown sapwood, and the heartwood has this kind of dull gray color to it. Um, and it's really not all that exciting at all. But if you get a good piece of air-dried walnut, if you look at the heartwood, and you know the, the sapwood, of course, is going to be like a really creamy white color, like stark white, um, much brighter than than what you would expect, and, and certainly much more than what you'd see in, an, in a kiln-dried board. Um, the heartwood, on the other hand, is going to be absolutely stunning. And if you look at it in light, you're going to see um, shimmers of like peacock green and purple and all of these different almost metallic-y type colors um, that come out in that walnut and it's just an absolutely beautiful wood so um, you know I always 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 prefer to get my walnut air dried if I can um, and uh, and if I can't get it air dried at least not steamed find a yard that doesn't steam it uh, you know when they dry it um, is your best bet because you're going to get the best color in that walnut in a board that hasn't been steamed. Um, and if you can, air dried is just absolutely beautiful. But again, like mahogany, it, it planes well, chisels well, 
saws well. It holds carving detail really nice and crisp, but it's not difficult to carve. Uh, it's just an absolutely beautiful wood. And being a, uh, a domestic species to North America, um, that is what puts it at my number one. So I hope uh, you guys enjoy this episode. I know it's not a not really a how-to or anything like that, but uh, you know sometimes I just like to uh, to kind of chat about this kind of stuff. So if you've got favorite woods that were not on this list, feel free to uh, use the community page or use the comments section on this episode uh, on the Patreon page and uh, continue the discussion because. I haven't used every wood in the world, and I'm sure most of uh, our patrons have not either. So we're all interested um, in trying out you know, new varieties, new species of wood that we haven't tried before. So if you've got a, f- a favorite that you've used that wasn't on my list, um, and you've, you like using it, and you feel that it, uh, the community might like uh, to give it a try as well, leave a comment on the, uh, on the post and, and let us know your thoughts. Thanks again, everybody, for your continued support of the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, We've got one more patron extra show this year. I can't believe it's December already. But uh, we'll see you in a few more weeks. Thanks, everybody.